Hello, this is Shane Phillips, co-host of the Relatable Finance Podcast and financial planner with Provenance Wealth Advisors, a full-service financial planning and investment firm headquartered in South Florida. We have a great guest today, Austin Herdina, who is a sportsbook manager at the Indiana Grand Racing and Casino. I've known Austin since we were kids, and based upon his new profession, I thought he would be a perfect guest for numerous reasons, including to discuss the difference between gambling and investing, discuss the impact of COVID on his business, and to discuss some gambling companies as potential investments. Hi, Shane. Thanks for having me. Great. Thank you for being here. So your story is, is interesting. And, and I think I, I heard it from my dad. I heard it from some friends. I think I read about it before actually talking to you about it. But it was a, a super cool jump or journey, may I call it, um, to your current position as a sports book manager. So if you can just kind of walk us along how you ended up where you are today. Absolutely. Um, so I have a degree in hospitality and tourism management. Um, working in hotels is where I figured I would go. And I did work in hotels for about eight years. Uh, worked my way up from front desk to assistant manager to general manager. Um, I worked with Hilton and Marriott. And I just have uh, always had the, on the side, I always had this interest in sports betting. Being from the Midwest and always wanting to stay in the Midwest area, I kind of figured it was something I'd never be able to do. But as legalization has spread throughout the country and now we have 20 different states that have legal sports betting i knew that you know the opportunity could be there to jump in and to stay in the midwest so when i applied with caesars you know they were looking for people that had hospitality type of backgrounds you know and i being the sportsbook manager you know i'm not the one that is setting the odds uh, making the lines that sort of stuff you know i'm just managing our team our staff at the casino yeah and it's interesting you said you know, having the ability to do this in the Midwest, because the idea was Las Vegas is where you go to bet. I, I think I would have still have said to a large extent, you want a place to bet that's legal, you go to Las Vegas to do it. But with, with you going into your role, it's, it's interesting because you didn't have a background in the actual betting side of it, but, but your, your past in, in being probably interested in it, um, but probably mostly from the hotel industry is what you got into it. What, walk us through the, the, the normal day. What, what is your, your life like from a work perspective at a normal day at work? Sure. Um, you know, so we, we start the day by just getting the money that we're going to be having for the sports book for the day. And we, you know, we have people that come in and place in wagers, cash in tickets, all of our odds and lines, like I said, you know, they come through Vegas. That's not something that we directly manage, but we do manage the risk that comes in. You know, if somebody comes in, says they want to put a million dollars on the Super Bowl. That's, that's a little above our risk, you know, <laughs> um, but if someone wants to do, you know, 10,000, 20,000, you know, we'll, we'll handle that. But yeah, we want to manage our risk. You know, we don't want everyone just betting the same side on a game. And, and that was interesting because when, when you said that, when we originally talked, it's, it's somewhat similar to what we do in our business. I mean, different, but we're looking to manage risks as well. And, and the other thing, when you say a million dollars versus 20,000 versus probably $10, what I wanted to ask you was in terms of the people betting. I mean, I picture pros. I think they've made movies about people that are, are professional gamblers, professional sports bettors. What's is your normal patron? Somebody like that? Are they me walking in on a Sunday and betting on a football game, 20 bucks. So it's exciting. What's, 
What's kind of that makeup? The vast majority are people of people that come in are people that are, you know, just casual bettors wanting to bet $10, $20, you know, maybe $50 um, on games or on parlays, which is, you know, multiple games in one bet where they all must win, but then you get a larger payout. That is at least probably 80% of our people that come in. We have our regulars that come in and, you know, they're betting anywhere from, you know, $100 to $1,000 a game. Um, and then we have a small group of people that, you know, they're betting $5,000, $10,000 a game. Some of those people are people that I would consider kind of sharp. You know, they're, they're people that they know what they're doing. But, you know, again, that's, that's such a small percentage of the people that we, we cater to. Yeah, and I, I didn't know how to ask like if they're they're professionals if they're what that terminology is because uh, there clearly are people like that but yeah the way of actually saying it sharp is is probably a good way of of, of yeah i mean and it's hard to tell at first right because like anyone can come up and want to place a bet whether we know them or not but once they come repeatedly and you keep seeing that they're winning or they're having a good percentage winning well then you might know something yeah (laughs) Yeah, play the odd. This person knows what they're talking about. So with with you starting, I mean, not too long ago, when did you start being a sportsbook manager? August 2019. And then we went live September 1st, 2019. We were the first casino in the state of Indiana to legalize sports betting. Okay, so in 2019. And then lo and behold, 2020 comes along and COVID pops up. That my guess is negatively affected the business absolutely so uh, i think it was march 11th uh, if i remember right it was a wednesday uh, the big 10 tournament was right here in indianapolis and myself and one of my employees we went to the games that night and you know i get a text from work and they're like hey they just canceled the utah jazz game for tonight you know and we, we had we had conversations that like you know, COVID stuff was going on, but we didn't really expect what happened. You know, next thing you know, we're at the game and they announced that the Big Ten tournament will not be welcoming fans tomorrow. Um, and then the next thing you know, the next morning, they canceled the whole tournament. Yeah. Canceled the NCAA tournament. The NBA, you know, suspends their season. Uh, everything else pretty much followed the same course. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was rough. You know, we ended up shutting down from March until late July. Okay. So we had, we had about four and a half months where we were closed. And then ever since, call it normal COVID-like atmosphere, mask, hand sanitizer, all those types of things. Yeah. So since we opened back up, yeah, it's, you know, between each guest that comes to the counter, you know, we're wiping the counter, we're, you know, we're spraying it, cleaning it. You know, everyone's wearing a mask. You have to wear a mask to enter the building. You have to have a temperature check to enter the building. Um, there's no food and drink allowed unless you're in a restaurant. Okay. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's it's pretty uh pretty strict. Pretty, I mean, strict in a good way. Hopefully, it's all back to normal before we know it. But yeah, absolutely. With this vaccination, so I, I think probably what originally, I mean, I saw that you had a new job, heard about it, but it was probably early COVID when when sports shut down, and you started to hear in many financial areas that call it the people that used to bet on sports were now mm-hmm. on the stock market. Yeah. And you saw the increase in online trading accounts, people investing more and more. So uh, that was part of the reason I wanted you to have, have you on today is to discuss some of that and then probably go into some ways gambling and investing are not the same. But with being shut down, and I know your, your casino is, is all in person, 
but but online gambling betting has has started to i would say probably started to take off really during covid give me your thoughts give me your opinions give me your anything on that uh, as again that's not my expertise and i know you know much more than me yeah so you know mobile betting um is something that has definitely increased um it was already going to increase and then with with the shutdowns and the COVID restrictions, it has increased even more. The reports from December of 2020 in Indiana was 85% of the handle, which is the amount of money wagered during the month of December, was placed online. That number was only about 50%, you know, before we shut down. Okay. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, the amount of, yeah, I mean, it just the ease of, you know, being able to stay home, be on your couch, watch the game, not only the ease, but also the safe, right? The safety, um, you know, until we get better uh, uh, vaccination and, and, you know, get back to normal. Um, it's definitely something that's going to continue to draw people in. Yeah. And, and I think you told me something, I mean, that 80%, that's a big number, but is it because it's so state by state, both from right. and in person gambling perspective as well as an online perspective i think you told me about people going across borders to place bets what what, yeah. what was that again or how did that work so every state uh, has very unique gambling laws and new york is one of the states that legalized sports betting but they did not legalize mobile betting yet okay uh, they're in the process it should be soon but i mean since this last year when they didn't have it uh, new jersey did so there'd be people crossing over from New York to New Jersey all the time just to place their bets on their place phone and then driving okay. right back. Okay. I remember when you mentioned it, like it made sense. It didn't completely make sense. But now I'm picturing myself on my cell phone driving across the border and then being like money on the bucks. Let's go. Which is crazy. And like in I mean, the, yeah, I in mean, the some month of December, that, in December, in the month of December, we had, uh, I'm sorry, New Jersey had 996 million wagered. And it topped Nevada. So Nevada is no longer the number one state for sports betting. That's but wild. that could change when New York legalizes when mobile betting. Comes back. All right. That'll, I'll make sure to, to follow that. That's interesting. But I mean, the, the whole I mean, a, a subject we've talked about on past podcasts is the cannabis industry and how that's very state by state. This mm -hmm. almost gives me the, somewhat of the same feel of it's, it's extra revenue. It's, it's there's things and you think it's probably one of those dominoes that that will continue to fall. But you you mentioned, or we've been talking about sports gambling, and I said how more and more people were going um, to the investment markets who, who maybe weren't doing it before. And you would think once all this is done, more people will come back to casinos, maybe to actually help get people to start. I mean, hopefully your, your business takes off. Um, I know when I bet in my life, it's been in a casino because they have bright lights and nice music and bring me food and drink. But just to jump topics a little bit, as we are called Relatable Finance, again, I, I started hearing about this early when more people were coming to invest rather than gamble. And two of the companies that are, are very well known are DraftKings and FanDuel are, are some of the big ones. And, and DraftKings, ironically enough, we, we had a podcast about FACS, which are special purpose acquisition vehicles are a new in vogue way of going public, but DraftKings went public through a SPAC uh, last year and did very well. But but are, are these the the types of companies, I mean, outside of the major casinos, I mean, are these the, the types of companies that are kind of coming around 
And I know, again, this isn't your expertise, but, but just from what you know. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's not really necessarily my expertise, but DraftKings and FanDuel have definitely been the most successful mobile uh, sports betting apps that have come out. Companies like Caesars and MGM, you know, that have retail locations, they also have their own apps. But DraftKings and FanDuel, is, they're definitely running lots of promotions, um, really trying to gain their customer base. You know, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, they're going to only grow um, right now with 20 states having legal sports betting. And like you said, you know, with COVID and all this stuff, a lot of states are having deficits in their budgets this year. And they're going to look for ways to generate more money. Yeah. Um, so like you mentioned cannabis, I mean, that's, that's a way that has generated money in some states. And these states are going to look at how states like Indiana and Illinois and Iowa and you know, all these other states that legalized over the last year, um, just how much money has been brought in from gaming tax. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think a lot more states will be legalizing it and DraftKings and FanDuel will be the first ones wanting to get in each state. I mean, they'll be ready and waiting. And I know DraftKings for sure are doing anything they can. I mean, they're spending money like crazy to grow. I know they've been losing money, yet they've been doing well as as a stock. So that will be interesting as these other states kind of are looking across the border and saying, you made how much in taxes from from gambling or your casinos brought in what? So yeah, definitely very similar to cannabis in the way I think about it, where it's very state by state and it's been growing and growing. And, and before you know it, it will probably be a lot of places. So before I give my public service announcement on gambling versus investing, anything else you, you want to uh, inform us all of about casinos, about gambling, about, about anything? Keep it recreational. Do not try to go into the casinos and thinking that you're going to win a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> do not, do not play with more than you can afford, please. I mean, it, it is sad that, you know, sometimes, you know, working in a casino, you, you do see, you do see some people that, you know, it, you just wonder, you know, you know, are they, uh, are they, should they be here? You know, sure. mm-hmm. uh, they're not making the wisest decisions. Um, and that, and that's sad, you know, so like keep it to recreationally, you know, there's nothing wrong with just putting 10 or $20 on a game and keeping it as simple as that. Yeah, totally agree, which goes right into my public service announcement. People always say investing is gambling. I can go to the casino. I can invest in the stock market. I'm going to say absolutely not. There are some parts of gambling that are gambling. There are parts that are recreational, like you're saying. I'm, I have a ball sitting down at a blackjack table for an hour. And if I lose my hundred bucks, I lose my hundred bucks. I, I had fun. But like you're saying, don't go in expecting to, to win, expecting to beat the house. These casinos are gorgeous for a reason. You, you guys are making money. And then, and then for investing is the longer you stay invested, the more money you're going to make. The longer you keep gambling, you're more likely to lose. But um, yeah, again, keep it in mind when, when you're doing both of these would be one thing I would say. And it sounds like you're saying the same thing investing is probably not the place to go for entertainment. I, I don't see how it could be that fun. Go to a casino, go for a walk, go to a baseball game. Once COVID's done, whatever the case would be. Um, gambling is not investing and investing is not gambling. So Austin, thank you for being on today. It's great hearing your story. It was great catching up. Thank you, Shane. Hope to see you talk to you again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's episode of relatable finance. If you have any questions, please email me at podcast at or check out our website, relatablefinancepodcast.com.
Provenance Wealth Advisors is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services, Inc. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered through Provenance Wealth Advisors and Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Any opinions are those of Relatable Finance Podcast and PWA and not necessarily those of Raymond James. The information contained in this report does not purport to be a complete description of the securities, markets, or developments referred to in this material. There is no assurance that any of the trends mentioned will continue or forecasts will occur. The information has been obtained from sources considered to be reliable, but Raymond James does not guarantee that the foregoing material is accurate or complete. Any information is not a complete summary or statement of all available data necessary for making an investment decision and does not constitute a recommendation. Investment involves risk and you may incur a profit or loss regardless of strategy selected. Diversification and asset allocation do not ensure a profit or protect against a loss. Investing involves risk and investors may incur a profit or loss. Raymond James does not provide tax or legal services. Please discuss these matters with the appropriate professional. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Future investment performance cannot be guaranteed and investment yields will fluctuate with market conditions. Any examples given in the podcast are for illustration purposes only. Actual investor results will vary.